rooster for your morning. All the news you need to know. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Welcome to the 77 WABC Early News. I'm Deborah Valentine. 56 degrees, mostly cloudy skies on this Wednesday, January 4th. Here's your news, sports, business, traffic, and weather, and everything you need to know. The top five at five. Do you feel like you're qualified to serve in this Congress right now? Well, in battle, Long Island Congressman-elect George Santos being questioned there. Tight-lipped, though, as he arrived in Washington, D.C. for his swearing-in as investigations into his alleged past continue. The subway shooter pleads guilty to federal terrorism charges in April's subway attack in New York City. The U.S. House of Representatives in chaos after three failed votes to elect a new House Speaker. We have an update on Buffalo Bills safety DeMar Hamlin following a sudden cardiac arrest during Monday night's NFL game against the Bengals. Crypto King Sam Bankman-Fried in a Manhattan federal courtroom pleading not guilty to defrauding investors. Disgraced Long Island representative-elect George Santos arrived in Washington, D.C. alone, not wearing a wedding ring to be sworn in as the 118th Congress convened. Santos, though, dodged a series of reporters' questions about his past, which are the subject of federal and county investigations. Santos only spoke to confirm that he would vote for Representative Kevin McCarthy as Speaker of the House. Do you feel like you're qualified to serve in this Congress right now? How do you hope your constituents can trust you, even though that you've misrepresented your biography to them? What's your response to calls for a House ethics investigation by Nick All right. Well, no response there from Santos. There are also allegations he lied about multiple work and multiple educational experiences. He's also under investigation in a check fraud case in Brazil. Suspected subway shooter Frank James pleading guilty to federal terrorism charges Tuesday in Brooklyn Federal Court, admitting to opening fire on a Brooklyn subway train, wounding 10 passengers. James had posted online that he was the prophet of doom. The 63-year-old pleaded guilty to all 11 counts in his indictment, including 10 counts of committing a terrorist attack against a mass transit system, one for each wounded passenger. One of James' victims, Arolo Gonzalez, who was shot in the leg on the way to school, spoke to NBC4 in New York. For about four months, I was I couldn't walk. I do find myself a little bit more anxious and I just nervous when I do get on the train. So I do take the train almost every day because it is New York. That's like the easiest way to get around. Mentally, it is a bit of a struggle because it's hard to step on the train and not think about what happened. Prosecutors revealed James had been planning the attack since 2017 and had conducted a trial run aboard the end train. Republican Kevin McCarthy failing in three rounds of marathon voting yesterday to become Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives. It's a historic defeat with no clear way out as McCarthy became the first person in 100 years not to win the Speaker's gavel. The House convenes today at noon. McCarthy had pledged a battle on the floor for as long as it took to overcome right-flank fellow Republicans who were refusing to give him their votes. There's times we're going to have to argue with our own members if they're looking at for only positions for themselves, not for the country. For the last two months, we worked together 
as a whole conference to develop rules that empower all members. But we're not empowering certain members over others. McCarthy needed 218 votes in the full House. He got just 203 in two rounds and 202 in round three. Representative Jim Jordan picked up a vote in the third round, collecting 20 votes. Levels of safety. DeMar Hamlin remains in critical condition this morning at a medical center in Cincinnati. The 24-year-old went into cardiac arrest following a hit during Monday night's NFL game against the Bengals and was revived on the field. Jordan Rooney, who serves as Hamlin's marketing rep, spoke briefly on Good Morning America, where he expressed how the Bills defender is a fighter. Meanwhile, Hamlin's uncle, Dorian Glenn, provided an update to the NFL Network. Right now, they got him on a ventilator, so they're trying to get him to breathe on his own. Um, So we're just kind of taking it day by day. Um, Still in the ICU, um, they have him sedated. So um, just continue to um, administer the medical treatment that they've been doing. I'm really, really thankful um, for the staff, the medical staff that's been working with them. Um, They've been truly awesome in helping him with his recovery. He also announced Hamlin's oxygen has been able to be reduced from 100% to 50%. A failed FTX founder Sam Bankman-Fried pleading not guilty in Manhattan federal court yesterday to charges that he cheated investors and looted out customer deposits on his cryptocurrency trading platform. A judge set a tentative trial date for October. Anthony Scaramucci, founder of Skybridge Capital, thinks SBF will decide to accept a plea deal instead of a head to trial. I don't think he's going to want to go to a full-blown trial with the two senior executives that worked alongside of him in this fraud, admitting to the fraud, pleading guilty to it. And Scaramucci, a former White House communications director under former President Trump, was a guest on the Sid and Friends in the Morning program. Well, Republican Florida Governor Ron DeSantis sworn in Tuesday to his second term, widely seen, as you know, as a potential 2024 presidential candidate. But he has not yet declared a bid for the GOP nod for the White House. Florida was a refuge of sanity, a citadel of freedom for our fellow Americans and even for people around the world. In captaining the ship of state, we choose to navigate the boisterous sea of liberty rather than cower in the calm docks of despotism. Florida's Democratic House leader, Fentrice Driscoll, said DeSantis's speech was aimed more at his future political ambitions than it was at addressing the state's problems. DeSantis defeated Democrat Charlie Crist, former Republican governor and Democratic congressman, by more than 29 percentage points back in November. Well, more details emerging now about quadruple murder suspect Brian Koberger. Indiana State Police have confirmed that Koberger, now charged with the murders of four Idaho college students, was pulled over twice as he drove home to Pennsylvania following the killings. Indiana State Police said at about 10.50 a.m. December 15th, the state troopers stopped a white Hyundai Elantra in Hancock County for following too closely. There were two white males in the car, according to state police, and a Coburg can be seen in the driver's seat on the trooper's body-worn camera footage. The white Hyundai Elantra, the same vehicle that Moscow police said had been near the crime scene around the time the murders happened. Koberger waived extradition from Pennsylvania to Idaho yesterday. Michael Mancuso is first assistant DA in Monroe County, Pennsylvania. He spoke during a press conference regarding extradition for Koberger. I definitely believe that one of the main reasons the defendant chose to waive extradition and hurry his return back to Idaho was the need to know what was in those documents. 
The Hancock County Sheriff's Office confirmed their officer pulled over Kohlberger at 10.41 a.m., nine minutes before state police did, also for following another vehicle too closely. The Sheriff's Office said he was released with a verbal warning that Hyundai Elantra found at his parents' house. Well, the mastermind of the National College Admissions bribery scandal set to be sentenced today. Federal prosecutors are asking for six years behind bars for Rick Singer, who for more than a decade helped deep-pocketed parents get their often underserving kids get into some of the nation's most selective schools with bogus test scores and other athletic credentials. The scandal became the subject of a Netflix documentary titled Operation Varsity Blues, the college admission scandal. Here's a clip from the trailer. All of our friends are only talking about one thing, and it's this story. An FBI investigation called Operation Varsity Blues. USC... UCLA and Rick Singer, the mastermind behind the entire operation. Is there any risk that this thing blows up in my face? So the 62-year-old singer began secretly cooperating with investigators and also worked with the FBI to record hundreds of phone calls and meetings before the arrest of dozens of parents and athletic coaches back in March 2019. More than 50 people, including popular TV actresses and prominent businessmen, were ultimately convicted in the case which authorities dubbed Operation Varsity Blues. A Missouri inmate put to death Tuesday for a 2003 killing in what is believed to be the very first execution of a transgender woman in the U.S. 49-year-old Amber McLaughlin was convicted of stalking and killing a former girlfriend then dumping the body near the Mississippi River in St. Louis. McLaughlin's fate sealed earlier Tuesday when Republican Governor Mike Parson declined a clemency request. Here's Ann Preseth, a director of the Missouri Department of Corrections. McLaughlin terrorized Miss Gunter in the final years of her life, but we hope her family and loved ones may finally have some peace. Prior to be given a lethal injection of phenobarbital, McLaughlin apologized, saying, I am sorry for what I did in a final written statement. Abortion pills will now be available by mail and at many more pharmacies. The Food and Drug Administration Tuesday finalized a rule change that broadens availability of abortion pills to many more pharmacies, including large chains and mail order companies. Dr. Warren Hearn is head of the Boulder Abortion Clinic, and he applauds the FDA's move. He spoke to Fox 31 in Colorado. This is a very uh, important step in the right direction to make this drug available to people that need it. This action and decision by the FDA is helpful because it gives women a little more access. The Biden administration partially implemented the change last year, announcing it would no longer enforce a longstanding requirement that women pick up the medicine in person. And still, the rules change's impact has been blunted by numerous state laws limiting abortion broadly and the pills specifically. Legal experts foresee years and years of court battles over access to the abortion pills. Well, there is a huge increase, nearly 2,000 percent, in kids being sickened by pot edibles, which look like candy. More than 7,000 confirmed cases of kids younger than six eating marijuana edibles were reported to the nation's poison control centers between 2017 and 2021, climbing from about 200 to more than 3,000 per year. That study was published Tuesday in the Journal of Pediatrics. And despite this, support for marijuana has remained strong in states where it is legalized. Here in New York State, here is a state senator, Liz Krueger. Shout out. My colleagues in the Senate and the Assembly, many of whom had to really change their understanding of the issues 
in order to finally come to agree to support this bill. It took many years. And uh, legalization in New York two years ago, Dr. Merritt Tweet, a medical toxicologist with the Southern Illinois School of Medicine who led the study, pointed out to the figures and said that they represent only reported cases. 77 WABC News Time, 515. In the sports seat, here's Justin Ellick. Well, thank you, Deb. We just have uh, some local hockey action to get to last night, but the Rangers and the Islanders were in action. So we'll start with our blue shirts. They beat the Carolina Hurricanes at home by a score of 5-3 to three to snap the Canes' 11-game winning streak. Artemi P- uh, Panarin, Keandre Miller, and Philip Hedl scored third-period goals, and Igor Shosturkin registered 20 saves in the first meeting between the two teams this season. Head coach Gerard Gallant spoke after the game about snapping Carolina's streak and taking down the top dog in the Metropolitan Division. Obviously, they've been the, one of the hottest teams in the NHL the last number of games and a top team in the league. And, you know, so we we went perfect tonight. We got some puck luck tonight, and, you know, we were fortunate in that. But, uh, again, it's a, it's a big win. It's a good game for us, and we got to just continue to do that. The Blue Shirts currently sit in third place in the division, eight points behind Carolina and just one point behind the second-place Devils. They'll visit the Canadians next up north in Montreal come tomorrow night. As for the Islanders, they pilot on the Canucks in Vancouver to the tune of a 6-2 road victory. Matthew Barzal stayed red hot for the Isles, lighting the lamp for his fourth straight game on this absolute snipe to make it 3-1 New York late in the second. Romano got one through here to Bailey. Bailey in. Sezik is driving the net. Brought down. Officials keep their arms down. Here's a turnover. Barzell shoots. He scores! Matt Barzell. It's 3-1 Isles. That call courtesy of MSGSN. Uh, Sorokin in net. Use nails as well for New York. Clocking out with 24 saves in the scoreless third period to help solidify the blowout win. The Islanders will continue their road trip come tomorrow night in Edmonton against the Oilers. And looking ahead to action tonight on the ice, the Devils, they'll be out in Detroit facing off against the Red Wings at 7 p.m. And as for the hardwood, uh, the San Antonio Spurs will pay the Knicks a visit at the Garden at 7.30 p.m. And the Brooklyn Nets, they'll be out in Chicago taking on the Bulls at 8 p.m. Try to extend uh, extend that big winning streak of theirs. And uh, I'm Justin Alec here with your early news sports update. Chris Lou Dobbs with your financial report. This is the 77 WABC Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Wall Street off to a sluggish start in 2023. Stocks dragged lower by Tesla and Apple. Shares of Apple losing another 12%. Production problems plaguing Apple to start the year. The stock down more than 3%. Amazon shares up 2% yesterday. The December Fed meetings this afternoon. Wall Street is already forecasting longer but smaller rate hikes through the first part of the year. Today, investors looking for any change in the Fed's hawkish tone. Right now, there's no indication the Fed will stall its rate hikes. The next Fed meetings will be January 31st. November job openings are forecast to have dropped slightly down to 10.1 million from October. Economists waiting on Friday's non-farm payrolls and December jobs update for a clearer job market picture. Please join me several times each weekday right here on 77 WABC. This is the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. Keep listening for more to 77 WABC for the Lou Dobbs Financial Report. All right, looking at your futures this morning, the Dow right now, it's up 102 points, 0.31% at 33,380. S&P's risen seven and a quarter points, NASDAQ up 71, gold up $21.30 an ounce, and crude oil at $75.40 a barrel. That is down $1.52. The WABC Early News. 
Deborah Valentine with your 77 WABC Early News. News time is 520. While heading out to Long Island, protesters showing up outside of Congressman-elect George Santos's headquarters out in Oyster Bay. And uh, the Congressman-elect is going to have to wait a little while longer to be sworn in. Here's 77 WABC's Bob Brown. Nassau County Legislator Joshua LaFazan is repeating a call for Santos to step down. We'll show up to every event that he has. Uh, he will have no safe harbor and no quiet in this district. Santos is already being investigated by the U.S. Attorney, New York's Attorney General, and the Nassau DA's office. In addition, a Republican Long Island congressman is calling for a House ethics investigation, and authorities in Brazil are restarting a fraud case against Santos. I'm Bob Brown for the 77 WABC Early News. And House members not sworn in yesterday as the 118th Congress attempted to choose a new House Speaker but failed three times, so everything on hold until the House meets again today at 3 o'clock. Well, out, uh, at noontime, I beg your pardon, well, outrage growing now over how the NYPD appeared to treat members of a far-right hate group, the Proud Boys, at a recent protest over a Drag Story Hour event in Queens. <laughs> So a video shared on social media shows officers giving some members of the Proud Boys an escort from the protest at a library in Jackson Heights to a subway stop the final week of 2022. Now, in addition to the escort, officers reportedly held open the emergency exit as well, allowing the members of the hate group to enter the Roosevelt Avenue stop without paying the fare on Tuesday. The NYPD said that officers were de-escalating the conflict between the Proud Boys and counter-protesters who said... They were protecting the Drag Story Hour event. One person was arrested. It's not clear who, though. And the NYPD said it's a tactic they used because the situation could have gotten worse. This video comes as the police department and private security have been helping the MTA cash-strapped crack down on fair evasion. Heading over to New Jersey, Jersey City Mayor Steve Fullop announcing he is not going to seek re-election for mayor, but he has eyes on a much larger job in Jersey politics. The three-term mayor announcing he will not seek re-election in 2025 and instead will focus on continuing to transform Jersey City outside of the political realm. He ended his video announcement with this simple message. I'm going to work tirelessly over the rest of this term to finish the projects we started. I'm grateful for having had this opportunity, and I just wanted to say... Thank you. So Phillips' announcement about ending his mayoral career at three terms fueling speculation he's gearing up for a 2025 gubernatorial run against New Jersey Governor Phil Murphy. Fulop was first elected to the city council in 2005 as a political outsider. Well, New York City Mayor Eric Adams says the Big Apple is rebounding. He told the sit-in friends in the morning program New York City's hotel and tourism industries are leading the nation as the Big Apple recovers from things like COVID-19 lockdowns and shutdowns. We're seeing tourism recover, 56 million tourists. You see what's happening on our streets. We're predicted to get about 765 next year. We're leading the major hotel markets. Out of the 25 major hotel markets, we're number one. We're recovering jobs at a faster tick than the national government and in the state government. Now, another issue the mayor dealing with rats. A city health department inspector recently hit Mayor Adams with two new summonses for vermin on his Brooklyn property. After finding evidence of a rat runaway and other telltale signs of rodents at the multi-unit Brownstone, now 77 WABC host, former mayoral candidate, Guardian Angels founder Curtis Lewa and his wife are stepping in. 
Curtis Lewa and his wife rescue cats from the animal shelters before they're euthanized and manage feral cat colonies in Brooklyn. So the Sliwas have announced they will go to Eric Adams' building today, January 4th, 2.30 this afternoon, and offer to organize a feral cat colony for Adams' building and his neighbors on that block. The mayor's building is at 936 Lafayette Avenue in Brooklyn. The event will be live streamed. And I'm sure Curtis will have much more to say about this later today, right here on 77 WABC. A police searching for a man who tried to rape a woman on a train on the Upper West Side of Manhattan. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has the story. Investigators say the suspect followed an 18-year-old woman onto a southbound 2 train at 125th Street in Harlem. As the train approached the 72nd Street subway station, police say the man exposed himself and tried to pull down the woman's pants. A good Samaritan stepped in and helped the woman get away. The suspect got off the train at 42nd Street. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. A 26-year-old Stanford, Connecticut man held in lieu of $3 million bail on separate charges but suspected in the homicide death of his two-year-old son, Liam. The toddler discovered in a plastic bag buried in Cummings Park, according to Stanford police. Stanford police said they received a call at 11.52 a.m. on Monday, originally reporting a possible kidnapping and a child who might have been injured, later discovering the child in the park. Here's Stanford Mayor Carolyn Simmons. This is a horrific and unimaginable tragedy for our city. And as a mother of young boys, my heart is breaking, as I know all of our hearts are breaking over the tragic loss of this two-year-old boy. The office of the chief medical examiner determined that the child died of homicide and the cause of death was blunt force injuries to the head. This child's father, 26-year-old Edgar Ismailish Gomez of Stanford, arrested Tuesday morning on a violation of probation warrant. He is being held on charges unrelated to the child's death, but his bond has been set at $3 million. During a news conference Tuesday afternoon, police called him a suspect in the child's death. Well, nine people hurt after a fire ripped through an apartment building in Harlem last night. Flames broke out on the second floor of a six-story building at 137 West 141st Street. About 8.20 p.m. took firefighters about an hour to get that fire under control. FDNY officials said nine civilians hurt in all. There is no word yet on their conditions. Well, a huge lawsuit announced the stars from the 1968 hit version of Romeo and Juliet are suing Paramount now for alleged child abuse. 77 WABC's Alex Barnard has the story. Olivia Hussey and Leonard Whiting were 15 and 16 at the time of filming and claimed they were pressured into performing nude scenes. They were told those scenes wouldn't make it into the film, but when it was released, the movie contained shots of Hussey's bare upper half and a shot of Whiting's nude backside. The actors allege Paramount sexually exploited them and distributed nude images of children. They also claim they've suffered mental and emotional distress since the film's release and have lost job opportunities from the incident. The pair are seeking more than $500 million in damages. For 77 WABC Early News, I'm Alex Barnard. If you miss the top five of five and other news, be sure to check it out on our website, wabcradio.com. It's the WABC Early News on 77 WABC. Ohio, ready for some quick mental health facts? Let's go. Nearly 2 million Ohioans live with a mental health condition. 
In the U.S., more than 50% of people will be diagnosed with a mental illness in their lifetime. Depression is a leading cause of disability worldwide. So why are some of us still stigmatizing people living with a mental health condition when we know all of this? Let's listen to the facts and beat the stigma. Ohio, challenge what you know about mental health at beatthestigma.org.